Eagles Entertainment. With the 15th pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select... You're listening to the Journey to the Draft Podcast. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft Podcast, presented by Life Brand. I'm your host, Fran Duffy, and the action has begun here in Indianapolis as the National Scouting Combine is officially underway and we've got thoughts. We've got some takes. And we're going to start things off with pick six, where Dane Brugler is going to jump on the show to give his six standouts from athletic testing. Just looking at the athletic t- testing portion of the workout, who stood out to Dane? We'll get to that right at the top of the show. After that, we've got Draft Buzz, where Chris McPherson and I are going to share our thoughts from the field work, the position-specific drills, who stood out over the course of the evening. We'll get into that in Draft Buzz. And then really happy to welcome in uh, this uh, for today's episode for Mr. Relevant, really a Miss Relevant, as Colleen Wolf from NFL Network jumps on, uh, does an outstanding job covering the entire league uh, over with NFL Media. She is here in Indianapolis doing some of her outstanding work, interviewing these players on the sidelines. So uh, I'll talk to her about her process, getting to know these players a little bit better. Also get some thoughts on the Eagles as well from Colleen at the end of the show. As always, make sure you head on over to our Apple Podcast page. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. If you've got a question, mock draft, whatever it is. You can leave it over there. We will answer those questions in an upcoming episode. That said, let's start things off here with Dane Brugler in Pick 6. Now it's time for Pick 6. All right, well, I'm excited to start things off here with Pick 6 as I welcome in our friend Dane Brugler. Dane, uh, let's get into uh, the top athletic testing performances here from Thursday night at Lucas Oil Stadium. We'll start with your number one. Who stood out most to you over the course of the athletic testing portion of the workout? I think we have to start with uh, just the fact that Baylor brought a track team to Indianapolis, uh, and we're going to see that. That's going to be a common theme throughout the next four days. Uh, with uh, Tristan Ebner tomorrow at running back and uh, Terrell Bernard uh, the the next day. And uh, then we get to the DBs, especially with Caitlin Barnes and JT Woods. But uh, it started tonight with Tyquan Thornton, the wide receiver, who, uh, you know, just uh, you know, just by looking at him, he's, he's a he's a tall, skinny drink of water. And, uh, you know, he's not physically imposing, you know, 6'2", just over 6'2", 181 pounds. Uh, but he's uh, really light with those long legs, and that helped him uh, run a four two eight, which uh, was uh, not a, not a record, but still a uh, four two eight is pretty impressive. The only receiver to run a sub four uh, three tonight. Uh, it, it's uh, this is a player who had a track scholarship to LSU, so a, a guy that's been known for his speed for a long time. Um, had a really good senior year at Baylor, really productive. Uh, goes to the Shrine game and, and had a good week there. I, I, I've been told by scouts the medicals are going to be huge for him. So that's another part of his combine that's really important. But based off of what we saw in the field tonight, just the athletic testing part, I thought he uh, put put any uh, doubts to rest about his speed or athleticism. Yeah, there was a, a two-hour stretch there where we thought he had set the record, uh, but once the official times came out late on Thursday evening, uh, that was put to rest, like you said. Uh, let's get to your number two guy uh, on your list. Uh, let's go with uh, Calvin Austin, who, uh, you know, kind of size wise, uh, not not too impressive. But we've been talking about Calvin Austin back since September, feels like as a, a guy that's uh, you know really athletic, who's just a productive football player. And if you're going to be that small, you better be a big time athlete. And I think Calvin Austin proved that. Uh, not that we had any doubts, but uh, coming in at, at with a four, three, two, 40 yard dash. 
11 three in, in the broad uh, and, and then a 39 inch vertical. So Calvin Austin, if you're going to be a smaller guy and make it at the next level, you better have some juice. And I think Calvin Austin to just prove what we thought based on the tape. Pure explosiveness there from Calvin Austin jumping out of the gym and obviously uh, torching the the forty yard dashes. The the first guy uh, off the line there for the receiver group and he was outstanding there for group number two. Uh, let's get to number three on your list. Uh, Alex Pierce, who you know we, we've uh, freaks uh, freaks list guy, um, you know who had uh, you know thought about playing volleyball collegiately, uh, and had some scholarships to go that direction. So uh, we knew he was an all around athlete. Um, a track guy in high school as well, six three to eleven, um, and he rips off a four three three in the forty yard dash. A tremendous time. Uh, the jumps were outstanding as well. One of the few receivers that got over forty inches in the vert at forty and a half, ten nine in the broad. So um, Alex Pierce, another guy who had a, had some expectations uh, based off of his background um, and what we thought he could be uh, athletically. And uh, I thought he not only matched those, but maybe exceeded them a little bit as well. Yeah. A couple of the big body receivers uh, really stood out. And I know you want to talk about another one uh, as well, but Alex Pierce, uh, a big bodied kid from Cincinnati uh, played on the perimeter and showed that ability to be a three level threat, not just on film, uh, but here on the track in Indianapolis, who's number four for you. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Chris, Christian Watson from North Dakota State, uh, a, a, another guy that's tall, those long strides. Uh, he averaged over 20 yards a catch uh, in college over his career. So a guy that just was blowing by corners at the FCS level and, and being that deep threat on a consistent basis. Uh, 6'4", 208, came in, ran a 4.36 in the 40-yard dash. Uh, he was moving. Uh, and then you see that, that lower body explosion that we talk about with him, the way that uh, it's, it's not just straight speed with him. It's the way that he uh, eats up grass with those, those strong strides. And you see that with the jumps with 38 and a half inch in the vert, 11, four in the broad. So, uh, that, that lower body explosion, we see that not only down the field on jump balls and ability to make plays over defensive backs, but, uh, his ability to separate vertically, it's more than just speed. It's that subtle pacing, the stack and then blow by the corner uh, with that lower body athleticism. So uh, Christian Watson uh, really helped himself uh, with uh, what he did at the senior bowl. And then what he did this week at the combine. Yep. No doubt. I was just going to say, continuing that momentum that he started uh, in mobile, obviously a really accomplished player at the college level for North Dakota state, uh, big body kid with that juice to be able to uh, push down the field, really, really intriguing option uh, on the outside for teams, uh, four players up, four receivers up, Four receivers down. Uh, who do you have here for number five? So going with Danny Gray, uh, who is not a player that gets uh, a ton of mention, uh, but uh, you know he was a JUCO kid, Blinn Community College back in Texas. Goes to SMU and you know had missed a few games uh, when he was hurt with injuries. But when he was on the field, he was a playmaker consistently. And I, you know, based on film, I thought, okay, this is a guy that he might be this year's Darnell Mooney. You know, a guy who uh, you know has some drops. He's not a perfect player. Not that the size doesn't wow you. Um, you know, just you know when he walks into a room. Uh, and uh, but when you have that type of speed, uh, that's something that can really really separate you. And he ran a four three three tonight. And I think I think uh, Darnell Mooney was like a four three seven at the combine, I believe, two years ago. So uh, I think if there's going to be a Darnell Mooney in this class, I think it could be Danny Gray, a guy that. Does not go first two days, but somewhere on day three, uh, a team looks at him as being a deep threat and the potential to be more. I think Danny Gray could be that guy. 
one of three SMU uh, skill players that went tonight. Grant Calcaterra, the tight end, uh, he also uh, tested and went through drills this, this evening. And then Reggie Roberson, the other wide receiver from the Mustangs, uh, also took part in drills on Thursday night. Uh, so we've got five receivers. Do you have a tight end here to round out your top six? Well, we can't leave him out, right? We gotta, we gotta throw a tight end and a tight end in there. And I think a, a guy that definitely deserves it is uh, Jelani Woods from Virginia. Um, and this is a tight end who has been building momentum, really, just the last calendar year. He entered the transfer portal uh, from who's out of Oklahoma State originally, goes to Virginia, led all ACC tight ends with eight touchdowns this past year. Goes to the Shrine Bowl, had a great week out in Vegas. Now at the combine, measured six seven, two hundred and fifty three pounds. Ran a 4-6-1 40-yard uh, dash. That's better than a handful of receivers uh, with, with the, what they ran. Uh, that was second best among all tight ends. Uh, and then earlier today, he also had 24 reps uh, on the bench, which is even more impressive when you think about he has 34-and-a-half-inch arms. So there, there will be offensive linemen at the Combine this year who have shorter arms and won't get 24 reps in the bench press. So just a great all-around day uh, for Jelani Woods. I think it was really the – uh, culmination uh, of that sustained momentum that he's had over the last year. C-Mac and I are getting ready to get into the rest of the drill work, but I am interested to kind of get your thoughts uh, watching through the drills throughout the course of the evening. Is there one quarterback over the course of the entire night that, that really kind of popped to you uh, watching all the, all the drills unfold? I, I think you have to say Malik Willis, um, you know, I, again, he, we know he has a big time arm and, and the, a power arm that he could put it anywhere he wants in the football field. But, uh, you know, just letting him show off uh, tonight and, and, and do that. Uh, the deep balls were fun. Um, uh, it, it just, it's just a lot of fun to watch him throw the ball around, uh, around the field. And, you know, when you're throwing to receivers you've never thrown to, when, you know, everything, you, you know you're being scrutinized under a microscope with every single throw you, you make, every single movement, uh, it's easy to let the pressure get to you. But I thought Malik Willis uh, handled himself well, and I think he – he didn't do anything to hurt his chances of being the first quarterback drafted. Uh, you know, I think Kenny Pickett was, uh, he did okay as well. Um, you know, I don't think he hurt himself by any means. Um, you know, a couple of these other guys, even like a, uh, EJ Perry from Brown or, you know, some of, the, some of these other quarterbacks that did a nice job as well. So I thought the quarterbacks as a whole uh, had a pretty nice night. Yeah, Malik Willis uh, also went viral earlier uh, on Thursday uh, for something he did on the streets of Indianapolis. So make sure you go check that out. Uh, I'm sure that is uh, readily available on, on all your social media platforms. Uh, Dane, we will be checking with you in with you tomorrow after the offensive linemen and running backs uh, take the field. Uh, thanks for joining us once again here on the Journey to Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand. Now it's time for Draft Buzz. All right, so good stuff there from Dane as I now welcome in Chris McPherson, C-Mac. Uh, we uh, just finished night one uh, of drills here in Indianapolis. Phenomenal times. I'm, before we get into it, I'm proud that there are two Drexel Dragons on the podcast here. That's right. Well, yeah. I mean, they're, they're Normally typically, there are. I was going to say, there typically yeah. are. Typically <laughs> there are, but it's, it's glad that we got another one into the mix here with Colleen. Yep, but. No Ben Fennel this evening, but uh, uh, Drexel being well represented here uh, on the pod. Uh, let's get into some of the things we saw here on the field. Certainly. We'll, we'll start with uh, group number one, which was the tight ends. Now, real quickly, three guys did not participate in any aspect uh, of the workout. James Mitchell from Virginia Tech, athletic player. I spoke to him uh, earlier this week, and he he is still suffering or still recovering from that torn ACL uh, in meniscus. 
meniscus tear from the fall. So no James Mitchell. Kate Otten still recovering from that ankle injury uh, that he suffered late in the season, causing him to miss the senior bowl. Uh, so no Kate Otten from Washington. And Jeremy Ruckert, the Ohio State tight end, he got banged up down in Mobile at the senior bowl. He did not participate in any drills. So uh, C-Mac, we, uh, we got to watch these tight ends go through drills. And I thought, you know, maybe one good way we can kind of structure the conversation. Okay. Check out the cheat sheet. Who were the guys that we predicted would do well in these drills? And maybe we kind of use that uh, to kind of guide our way through the conversation here. Uh, the workout warriors that I had listed, Greg Dulcich from UCLA, Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina, Jalen Weidermeyer from Texas A&M. Uh, Dulcich tested well uh, overall, uh, but I think over, you know, as, uh, as Dane mentioned, I thought Jelani Woods uh, was the guy who really kind of stole the show from a movement standpoint out there on the field. My favorite player out there from the tight end position uh, has NFL body, flash while running routes, making catches, um, plucked the fade ball to round out the drill with ease. Uh, he ran a corner route that I said to myself that just looked absolutely beautiful when he did. So uh, I was truly impressed with uh, Jelani Woods. Uh, I probably would say he was my my number one in terms of the on-field work from today's uh, action. I love it. Well, let's get into uh, some of these other guys. And my uh, players that I picked for who, who will kill the drills. Uh, Trey McBride, the talented tight end from Colorado State. Jeremy Ruckert and Kate Otten we talked about a little bit ago. They obviously did not participate, so we'll remove those guys from the conversation. Also, Wisconsin's Jake Ferguson. Uh, <clears throat> C-Mac, I think at the end of the day, I thought Trey McBride might have had the best overall positional workout. Uh, didn't put a ball on the ground. Really sharp with his route running. Uh, I thought overall, just a really, really impressive night here from Trey McBride. Yeah, you and Dana uh, touched on him. Uh, just very good getting in and out of his breaks. A solid route runner, an easy mover. Uh, certainly a lot to like. You can understand why he shined when he's at the Senior Bowl last month in Mobile, Alabama. Continuing that strong progress here uh, with his performance here at the Combine. But yeah, definitely from a non-field workout standpoint. Uh, you know, just a solid, solid job overall. Is there another guy that uh, that kind of caught your eye from a, a drill standpoint? So he, you have him in your cheat sheet. You don't have him in the drills part. He actually is in your best stories. Connor Hayward. Yes. Michigan State. Former fullback. Uh, you know the last name, obviously. Longtime uh, brother of longtime Steelers defensive end. Cam Hayward, the was son the of... In the house tonight? Yep, was watching from the sidelines. Proud brother, uh, son of NFL legend Craig Ironhead Hayward. Um, but I just thought he was one of the better route runners. Don't even know the you know extent of the, the numbers and the timing and testing part, but just from the on-field standpoint... Overall, a smooth mover throughout the entire course of the workout. I don't think he put one ball on the ground. Uh, you know, he, and he doesn't. Obviously, look, he was a, a kind of a multi-use player. He looks like a traditional uh, fullback. He's definitely undersized for uh, you know a tight end H back. But I think when you look at uh, the way that he's been used in the past game, just kind of an interesting player. Uh, and he, I thought he had a really good positional workout. Uh, I would agree. Another guy I would throw in there, Charlie Kohler from Iowa State. I thought just checked a lot of the boxes. Just showed off that consistency that we've come to expect from him over. the the course of his career with the Cyclones. That was another name I wrote down as a guy that just really kind of stood out over the course of the night. Okay, so we can transition to the wide, the first group of wide receivers. Yeah, so group two uh, and group three, they both consisted of quarterbacks and wide receivers for the did not participate uh, portion of this. For group two, 
No Matt Corral, uh, which, which we, talk, we talked about earlier this week. He would not participate due to that ankle injury suffered late in the season. Then you get to the wide receiver position. Romeo Dubs, the talented wide receiver from Nevada, he did not participate. Indiana star wide receiver Ty Freifogel, the hometown guy, he could not participate here. Danny Gray, uh, Dane talked about him earlier. He ran the 40, did some of the athletic testing, did not do a positional workout. Johnny Johnson from Oregon, Drake London from USC, John Mechie uh, from uh, Alabama. Those guys did not participate there from group number two. Uh, real quickly, group three, while we're just talking about the did not participate, George Pickens uh, from Georgia, he did some athletic testing, did not do the positional work. Justin Ross from Clemson, he did not participate at all. Tyquan Thornton, after that scorching 40, did not do anything from a positional standpoint. Devin Williams from Oregon and Jamison Williams from Alabama. So that rounds out all the players that did not participate from the quarterbacks and wide receivers. Well, it would be interesting with Tyquan Thornton, if he knew it was a four two eight and not a four two one, would he have participated? Mm, that's a good question. Or would he have taken that extra run at the four? That's an even better point. Yeah. Yes, even uh, better point. Yeah, because you look at Christian Watson. Christian Watson ran a blazing fast first forty time, and we both looked at each other. We're like, he's not going to stand on that. He's going to. He thinks he can actually uh, better that one. He so. hit four three three on official on the first run, and we we're looking at each other like he's going to do it again. He thinks he can beat it. It yeah. was uh, pretty wild. Obviously, he ran uh, in the high four threes. I think with the second one, but um, no, a really impressive performance uh, from Christian Watson. Uh, and I think that uh, Dane hit on him earlier. I think when you look at Watson, one of the better overall workouts. But there was one player, uh, CMAC, who really kind of stole the show for me. When you look at Group Two. Yep. Sky Moore, Western Michigan. Good call. Uh, I, I think that when you look at Sky Moore, um, number one, he tested well across the board when you look at the athletic numbers, but then when you look at the position work, made a number of really impressive grabs, not just in the early, in the quick part of the field, the intermediate part of the field, but also downfield as well. So showing the ability to make plays at all three levels, uh, I thought he tracked the ball well, he adjusted, and was able to finish the catch point. Sky Moore, really, really impressive. Yeah, good body control as well. So overall, definitely agree with that one. It, this is the interesting thing. And we talked about this before we recorded the podcast. Group two felt like the workouts were more consistent yep. across the board. I thought there were more splashes and maybe some, you know, not as great performances from the third group. So more highs and lows, but you had more steady, even performances. All solid, I thought, across the board. Um Next, I want to bring up, and you and Dane talked about him already, Calvin Austin. Sure. You know, you talked about the broad jump, the explosive numbers there, but he was smooth and confident in the gauntlet, explosive with his sharp cutting ability. The post-corner route, I thought, was a thing of beauty. Just It's not just he has the explosive traits. It's You saw that carry over with his technique on the field. So I had to give a little bit of love there to Calvin Austin. I love that. He uh, he really, really stood out. And again, building off that momentum we saw from him uh, down in Mobile, obviously just finished a, a really accomplished career with the Memphis Tigers. Uh, he was one of my workout warriors coming into this. Uh, C-Mac on the cheat sheet. A couple mm-hmm. other players I listed. Chris Olave from Ohio State. Really good workout overall. Uh, you know, Very easily could have been in the very first segment uh, with Dane for pick six. I think Olave uh, tested well across the board. Jahan Dotson from Penn State just on the outside looking in as well. Felt good about that prediction. Wondell Robinson from Kentucky, another guy who tested really well. So feel good about my predictions on the uh, the workout Warriors. For the Will Kill the Drills, I went with Traylon Burks. I thought had a, uh, just a really rock-solid day. 
He's a big kid. I mean, he's a really, really good-looking wide receiver at, you know, 6'2 and a half, 225 pounds, moves pretty well. And then you look at Garrett Wilson, was another guy I was really high on coming in. He made a couple of really impressive grabs. George Pickens didn't participate. Drake London didn't participate. So uh, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, a couple guys that I mentioned there coming in on the preview on the cheat sheet. Both guys, I thought, showed up well here on Thursday. Certainly. It's interesting because in some of these other bigger receivers, they move really well. You know, it's one thing to be a big receiver, you know, be able to win those 50-50 balls, those contested catches. But if you're not going to be able to get in and out of your breaks, you're going to be limited in what you can do for an offense. And, you know, I'm going to go to a Christian Watson. Yep. who is a legit six foot four, was measured at the senior bowl, measured here at the combine, and he is so explosive out of his stance, but he's not stiff in his routes. He's big, he's fast. Uh, you know, looking at these big receivers, they just offer more uh, than just the size. They give you a little bit of wiggle there so that they could be dangerous at all levels of mm. the field. Uh, two more guys for me. Uh, Eric Ezukanma from uh, Texas Tech. I actually haven't done him yet. And he's a big kid, long strider. I thought he accelerated well. I thought he tracked well over the shoulder, made some nice catches downfield, some nice catches along the sideline. Uh, I was impressed with him. And then Jalen Naylor, uh, a player that Ben has mentioned numerous times from Michigan State. Uh, spe- speedy receiver. has that. I thought he tested well, but in the position workout, he rarely let the ball hit the ground. I thought he just had a really rock-solid day uh, overall. Is there anybody else uh, just kind of empty in the notebook there on your end? Uh, just first, I thought Chris Olave was sensational. Yeah, ridiculous. We, we talk about the spicy shrimp cocktail. Like, there was the spiciest of the bunch out there on the field. Like, for me, just far and away, uh, the best one from a positional workout standpoint um, was automatic. It was a robot in the gauntlet. Uh, his out route, I, I called it chef's kiss. His curl route, tight body control, just fast and smooth throughout. Uh, loved watching him out there on the field. Some other ones, um, you talked about Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, who I thought also did well in the positional workout. Uh, under the radar one, how about Mike Woods? No doubt. I was just going to bring him up. Mike Woods, Oklahoma, um, caught a heck of a pass from Malik Willis on the last series of go routes. Uh, nice highlight reel type gra- grab on the fade route, showing good body control. Conquer the gauntlet, I thought was probably a little more of an underrated performance here from uh, Mike Woods out of Oklahoma. Yeah, I thought that he would definitely had uh, one of the more underrated performances. Nothing uh, gets by you, Fred. Come on. Yeah, I, I, Don't I, give, I, me, give me something yeah, here. He, he, was a, he was a guy that really stood out to me. If you did not say him, I was going to bring him up okay. next. Uh, there were uh, Khalil Shakir, I thought, had some good flashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Braylon Sanders uh, from Ole Miss, yeah. I thought, had some flashes. Wandell Robinson from Kentucky, talked about him a little bit. Uh, just a dynamic player. I thought he had some really good grabs as well. Uh, there were a handful, a handful of those, uh, really at all three levels of the field, once again, uh, when you look at Wandell Robinson from Kentucky. So uh, a bunch of players uh, really standing out here, C-Mac. Uh, it was fun to be able to kind of take in the first night of drills. One of four. So we've got uh, more action coming our way. Offensive linemen and running backs taking the field at Lucas Oil Stadium on Friday evening. We're going to break it all down tomorrow here on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by Life Brand. Before we wrap up the show, we're going to wrap things up with Mr. Relevant. It's time for Mr. Relevant. Well, excited to welcome in for the first time here on the Journey of the Draft podcast, someone very familiar with the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. That's Colleen Wolf from NFL Network. Colleen, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yes, I am all too familiar with the Eagles. <laughs> very much so. And uh, for our listeners, you ch- just uh, had Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni on the Split Ends podcast. Uh, yes. How did that go? 
hilariously well. Uh, we had so much fun with Nick. He told us all sorts of stuff. Like, I had a lot of questions about the visor and where the highlighters went at the yep. end of the season. Why why change the game plan there? So we, talk, we talked about that. But he was also telling me that the coaching staff has a competition going on right now of who can lose the most body fat, which I was not keyed in on. And I found out what the bod pod was, okay. which I didn't know that this was like a machine that you get into and then it measures all of like your body fat, your like lung capacity, all of it. But you have to get in there naked. I have not gone into the bod pod. I've heard about the bod pod. Nick didn't say that you had to go naked, but okay. someone else told me that that's now. I don't that's know. Maybe they're still right. that. <laughs> Who knows? I know he's skipping breakfast at this point. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah. So I think he's that's part of his regiment to try and uh, yeah. see if he can win this competition. He's, he's trying to drop 15, yep. he said. That's the goal for the season coming up. But he was he was really funny. We talked a lot about we talked about the Sixers yep. and James Harden. He loves uh, basketball. I'm he sure. loves Jay Wright and Villanova. Yep. So he said that Jay has been such a great mentor for him, just in terms of the success that he's had as a head coach, but then also navigating Philadelphia. Mm. And we know that you need some type of Philadelphia Sherpa sure. when you come into town right. to guide things. And so he was he was really great on the show. It was a fun one. Awesome. We talked about thick thighs and hand size. <laughs> Did you guys talk about uh, shooting hoops in the combine interview rooms? So that he said that they, uh, you know, we didn't talk about it specifically because I did hear that come out after the fact. But he did say that they put a pickleball yep. uh, thing. In I don't the, really know a lot uh, about pickleball. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a pickleball person, but there are people in our department that are very much into pickleball. So. What, what is the what is so it's like a uh, It's like a high <laughs> High speed, high impact table tennis that's played on like standing up. So it's not like at a table, but it's like it's so it's different than ping pong. Yes, it's like Much tennis more and ping pong. Yes, meet? it's like a it's like a mix of tennis and ping pong. Okay, I gotcha. High intensity. Wow, um, everything's a competition. No question. Love so uh, what I wanted to ask you that's a great icebreaker with what they're doing in the uh, combine interview rooms. Yeah. What I've loved about combine coverage with NFL Network over the last you know few years has been your interviews on the sideline with these guys. So I'm interested to kind of get a sense of some of the things you guys are doing uh, this year. Uh, and are you what, have, what do you have in store for some of these prospects as they get ready to take the field? We we have a ton of stuff yeah. lined up. We're taught. We, I love this time of year because we get to talk to the top prospects sure. and it's after they're done their drills and after the they've gone through just a gauntlet of yep. testing and interviews and they're being shuttled all over the place and not sleeping yep. so by the time we get them they're really broken down sure. <laughs> their their guard is down and they're relieved <laughs> that they have gotten through uh to the other side and they're about to leave and get on a plane and go home mm. and the combine is just such a big moment for these players and so when we get to talk to them we really get to see their personality. A lot of these guys shine through. And we've done so many fun ones in the past. We had a hobby horse for Devin White because we knew right. that, like, he had this amazing horse that he loved named Daisy May. I can't believe I still remember that. Um, <laughs> I know he has a new horse now. There was the uh, the Ben Barch one. The Ben Barch That's the, that's the one, right? That was probably my favorite. And that was something that was not even planned. And we saw we saw everything going on with like his smoothie, yep. and we were like, I wonder if we have the ingredients to do this. <laughs> and I was like, Well, I mean, how are you going to find a blender? Right. And we somehow procured like all all the ingredients and the blender, mm. and 
were able to do that with him in like 20 minutes or so. Like the whole team was like team assemble. <laughs> and it was, if I can remember, let me see if I can get all the ingredients right. It was scrambled eggs, okay. a banana, peanut butter. I think it was like some type of oat product, oatmeal or grits. Okay. Cottage cheese was in there. And then he poured, it was very important that the color was correct, red Gatorade. So I've got the list here. Okay. You, you went uh, seven scrambled eggs, a tub of cottage cheese, peanut butter, a banana, one cup of grits, and then the Gatorade. Oh, you nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Two years after the fact, <laughs> nailed it. It was very memorable, item. let me tell you. <laughs> I can't, I can't, don't even want to ask you uh, No, you know what? Like, it, it, I swear it was not that bad. Yep. But I will say that we were missing one ingredient that we left. We left the cottage cheese out because okay. we couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. And I, I've done the Ben Barch smoothie twice. Okay. I did it uh, on another radio show where they actually had the cottage cheese. So you got the authentic It version. was much chunkier yeah, with that, the cottage cheese. That consistency throws me off. That's <laughs> it was not Did great. he notice that the consistency was off? No, he didn't say anything. And okay. I didn't know any better. So right. I was like, this is actually great because I put so much peanut butter in it. So it just tasted like peanut butter. Sure. But I'm not trying to, it's not bulking season for me right now. <laughs> yeah, so right. I only had one sip. <laughs> um, so at, first of all, I guess when you get the chance to meet these guys in this environment, do you catch up with them later on down the road? You go to the Super Bowl, you go to these other events, and have they reflected on that uh, years yeah. after the fact? It's it's funny because I'll do Thursday Night Football, yeah, and sure. right. they'll come up on stage, and it's like, oh, uh, I haven't like, talked to you <laughs> since the combine before. Like, You didn't even know where you were going right. yet. So I'll be like Juju Smith-Schuster and DK Metcalf and Chase Young, and I look back through my pictures, and I some, some of the prospects, I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot I even talked to him. Sure. Because... It's half and half with the guys that hit. Some of them become superstars and then others, not so much. And a lot of times, too, it's a wild card with these interviews because sometimes their personalities are made for this. And then other times they're just quieter guys that are a little more introverted. And this this is not going to be their thing. (laughs) But when you get a guy who is outgoing and a star, that's the jackpot. So we've been able to hit on a lot of them. When you hit one of these and you're like, you have that jackpot scenario, Mm -hmm. uh, are you keeping your fingers crossed that they end up in Philadelphia and end up in that market? Oh, all the time. (laughs) You know, in fact, one of my coworkers that works in the features department at NFL, She's like, what is going on? We are interviewing all of these prospects and like 80% of them are Eagles fans. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, they this is a smart bunch. Yep. Jalen Hurts. Uh, thoughts on how he did this this past season, year two, uh, you know, just moving forward into 2022. Yeah, I don't think anyone really expected yeah. this team to go to the playoffs. This was sort of a transition year with a new coaching staff and starting Jalen Hurts in that position for the first time. Like, you know, he had a couple of those games to start before Carson Wentz was shipped to Indy, but last year was the first real season. And then with his teammate there, former teammate Devontae Smith, everything really clicked, I think, a lot faster than I at least was ready for um, than I expected and so I think having the continuity with the coaching staff being able to bring back everyone I mean even like and even having Jonathan Gannon there like the defense helps the quarterback as well so that's going to be huge for him and having that continuity obviously 
with the play caller. He hasn't had back-to-back years with the same play caller yep. since he was in high school, and it was his dad. His dad. Ruben right. Frank wrote that article, yep. and I was like, I texted Ruben, I was like, what, are you kidding me? This is true? And I brought that up to Sirianni yesterday in the interview, and he was like, I know, I read that, and I couldn't believe it either. So just having that ability to have the consistency and be able to develop and take one thing and build on it that's going to be massive for him. Yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, Colleen, I'm going to let you go. Okay. Obviously, you have a busy week ahead of you. Uh, really can't wait to catch up with all these interviews. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Journey of the Draft podcast. Thank you so much, Fran. Always fun to be able to catch up uh, with Colleen Wolf. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Make sure you go check out uh, her Split Ends podcast like we talked about. Uh, Nick Sirianni, an upcoming guest. If he hasn't dropped already, uh, make sure you go check that out. Uh, again, we'll be back tomorrow breaking down offensive linemen and running backs. Stay tuned. Stay subscribed right here on the Journey of the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand.